This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. I got Alex Melvin with me today. Alex, how you doing? Good, Brett. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm going to call you a Mattoon boy because I think you're sitting in Mattoon right now, which is my that former is right. hometown. And uh, you're from, I think, Sullivan, Illinois, correct? That is correct. Yep. Yeah. A small town next to it. That's right. I love it, man. Well, you are the owner and CEO of Rule King and uh, headquartered there in Mattoon, Illinois. And you guys are doing amazing things all over the country. So I'm looking forward to diving in with this uh, with, with you. So, but I, I would have to, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to Lisa Nichols. Lisa, even though we grew up kind of in the same area, I don't think we ever met age difference a little bit here. And so, but Lisa Nichols Absolutely. introduced the two of us. So yeah, Lisa's shout out awesome. Lisa. Lisa's awesome. Yeah. You guys are in a group together, right? Yeah, it's called CEO Form. It's a Christian leadership group, and she's uh, she's been a blessing. She's helped me, uh, introduced me to several people. So That's awesome. Well, good for her. She is a great person. We're lucky to have her in our St. Louis area here. So, man, we are uh, going to talk about a lot of stuff today, so I'm really excited about it, from business owner stuff and culture and leadership and all sorts of things. But if you could, Alex, kind of give us a lay of the land of what made you the man you are today and kind of the upbringing you had. I know your parents and and, and great people there. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but just kind of give us the backstory of what's made Alex the man you are today. Yeah, I think probably the one word that comes off the top of the head is just work ethic. Um, uh, you know, our dad, my dad and, and, and mom, um, they raised us to, you know, to make sure that we were getting after it at a very young age. And um, they, you know, we have lived on a family farm and the expectation was that you, you just, needed to work and, and, um, and provide for yourself. And, um, uh, you know, that, that was just the expectation. We watched them grow, grow this business and what it took to do that, to serve people and, uh, serve customers. And, um, that was just instilled in us at a very, uh, very young age. Yeah. So that was just the expectation, huh? So get up early, yeah, I mean, work hard, get your hands you know, ready. Yeah. I mean, if you weren't doing anything, um, you know, as dad got older or whatnot, I mean, sure that changed some, but, uh, no, it, there was no, um, it, you know, every day is a holiday is what my dad would always say. And, um, that's how he lived his life based off of attitude and, um, just another opportunity to go to work and to, um, really take care of the customer. At the end of the day, when I look back at my dad, uh, when we did well for the customer and well for our people, um, they took care of us. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I've been, uh, I've had the pleasure, man, of, you know, through my dad's eyes of watching your company grow and, you know, my dad and your dad have known each other for a long time and, you know, my mom and your mom. So pretty cool, man. You guys got an unbelievable story, but so talk to us really when you've, you've been in the business, what, since 2000, well, I mean, probably your whole life, but officially well, I've, been, 
Uh, yeah. Since when? So I've been pulling a paycheck is what I say since 2008. I, I okay. sweep it so that I, I was, uh, let's see, I've been 25. And yeah. I, but I, I remember sweeping the warehouse when I was five years old. So yeah. maybe wasn't getting paid then, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a free room, board, tuition, and uh, and meals every day, right? That's, That's right. That was That's no complaints here. That's right. So, um, talk to us about uh, you know you and I had a discussion before this uh, a couple of weeks ago as well, and we you know a lot about goal planning and different things. I know we kind of talked about, and so when you think about goal planning, what's that process like for you? Because to me, from the outside looking in, you seem like a pretty big goal planner. Uh, so, do you have a process and things that you go through that you could help our listeners with? Oh man, I'd like to think that I have a process, but, um, you know, I think the big thing is just setting, um, high expectations of what, what, what could the, could the number be thinking way out there. And if I just go back from, uh, 2000 and two, basically 2011, when I took over as CEO, which, um, was, was probably too early <laughs> to think, cause I was, um, only 28 at the time. And man, I made a lot of mistakes, but um, we were, you know, 40 stores and I had a number in my head and, and um, you know, we were probably $330 million. And um, we put a target at 2016, we wanted to be a billion dollars. And um, we hit that a year early. And, you know, when I, when I look back at what that took, um, really, it, it was all about um, thinking of the customer and getting them a great price, a great value. Um, and um, that's how we did that for that time period. Now, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say for that time period, was that sustainable process? You know, looking at it now and, and some of the things that we've changed. And as I've learned, as I've gotten older and more experience, it's taken a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, people and development and long-term sustainability and succession planning um, that that's all going into that. So I would say we, we had great growth, but uh, at the same time, sustainability growth wise, um, we definitely outgrew uh, not only uh, our people at the time, but mo- myself as well. So um, we've had some great, great growth. Um, we had some big goals um, and, and we've done great. Now we have to make sure, as my, my dad says to me, now you got to figure out how to stay on top. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's the easy part, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we love opening stores, right? It's, it's all fun and shiny, but then are we really maintaining and taking care of the people? Are we taking care of the existing stores? Are we taking care of the existing customers that made us who we are today? Uh, and our people that made us who we are today? Because without that, boy, yeah. it lasts long. So talk to us about that though. Let's go back if you can in your mind. And you said, I think you said you're at 300 and something million and we want to get to a billion, right? So we want a three exit, almost four exit. Do, do you remember that when you said, I'm going to do a billion and you're going to do it in whatever that would have been five years, but you did it in four years. Do you remember thinking like, oh yeah, like there's no way. Like, did you have that little, that little guy on your shoulder that said, we can't do this? No. And then you at, that time, at that time, uh, oh, I, I had my mind set only on, you know, we were going to make it happen. And, um, I, I guess I was too, um, naive and young to think anything different that it, we couldn't make it happen. It was a great time period for the farm store industry too. Um, 
And uh, we just, to be honest, we didn't have a lot of challenges to make that happen. We, we seemed to, we had great people, um, you know, dad and, and, and Bruce, um, my cousin um, had, had a, uh, Bruce was, it was an owner as well, had established a great team of people that, you know, they let me have rings at the company for the first time. And, and I was a new thought process, a new way of thinking, but at the same time, still had our culture, still had our values. Cause I, you know, I grew up with, um, uh, you know, I grew up with everybody. So yeah. um, I was just able to see a, a new vision and, and see the retail a little, you know, retail a little differently and, um, you know, it just seemed real simple. It, it was easy for me to see the opportunities. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So talk to our listeners yeah. that may not be familiar, like with people all over the country listen, right. And they may not know exactly what rule King is. So kind of, if you can, I, I would jokingly would use air quotes here, but brag on it a little bit. Like what, what do you guys do? What do you provide for the customer yeah. and what are you guys about? I'd say the thing that we provide for our customer is great prices. Number one, customers love us about our price. Um, we bring a value. Um, um, we're able to keep our prices low because our operating expense stays low. And that is a, a key thing, you know, within real estate, um, how we go about acquiring things, how we look at costs, you know, we do it differently. Um, so price uh, is critical. And to do that, you got to keep your costs under control. Number two would be um, just the overall experience uh, when it comes to um, not experience, but selection of product that the, 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 the depth and the, the um, just the overall selection of product that we offer our customers. Um, you know, we're, we're like five different retailers in one um, or we've been called redneck Walmart, um, uh, redneck Cabela's. Um, and, and, and we're not selling to the, we're selling to the masses of the people. And our, our purpose statement says it, it, it's our purpose for Rural King is to live with and serve the people of rural America. It yeah, I love that. We're not looking for the person that's got all this, this money. We're looking for the person that is, is um, every day working hard, working with their hands. And you know what? They're going to go out hunting, but they're going to do it in their cars. You know, they're not going to do it in some expensive year or anything, you know, people have to have a job to be able to have a hobby. Well, you spend a lot more time at your job than you do the hobby. So we really focus on the work and then we focus on what's that customer also like to do outside and on their time off. And, and we support that and we, we create a, an experience for them with the selection of products. So selections, number two, three is, um, the overall experience. So, um, um, excuse me, that's number four. Three is unique product. So, uh, when I say unique product, it, it's we're just we're just different. Um, uh, we might offer um, pig ears to to for, for the dogs. Yeah. Uh, it's just an example. You know, uh, you just the unique selection of our product is just different. different yeah. Keep that differentness. You know, if you, if you can go to Walmart and buy what we're doing, you know, we have things that Walmart do, does, but we really try to stay different. We, we, we work hard on trying to stay different. Um, I remember there was a set of Mars candy 
Um, not that Mars is bad. You know, I love a Snickers um, or, or all that, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. M's, you bet. But, you know, for Rural King, that just doesn't make that doesn't make it for us. You know, if you if you look so similar. So we have our own candy line. Um, that's just an example. And then last cool. is the overall experience of the store with chickens, rabbits. You know, we have in the store all the time. Um, popcorn for our customer. I was going to say the popcorn, man. If you weren't going to say the popcorn, I remember coming there as a little kid. I couldn't wait to go in there and serve my own popcorn, man. Popcorn, popcorn is probably the biggest thing. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's not. It, it, it's you wouldn't believe. I mean, we spend two million dollars a year on giving away free popcorn. Um, wow, it's a, it's a significant deal, and, and we don't look. We don't want to have just popcorn. We want to have the best popcorn. Yeah. We, from our associates, we want yellow popcorn. Yellow popcorn means it has a lot of oil on it, which is very expensive, but we don't want our popcorn to be um, halfway. We want it to be all the way and uh, say it's it's great for the, the health, but, um, you know, it's it's good. That's right. So let's, let me, then, let me stop there real quick yeah. so on that. So we're going to spend $2 million on popcorn. Some, some people, some business owners will look at that and say, wow, let's, let's strike that. That's ridiculous. We can take $2 million straight to the bottom line. I can make more money as an owner. We can whatever. Right. So talk to us why that's so critically important to you. They're going to continue to invest $2 million a year in popcorn. You know, cause others don't. And that's, that's again, going back to that uniqueness. Yeah. Or- that we offer? How are we going to continue to find the things that make us different that others just don't do or say, that's just crazy? Um, how are we going to figure out how to say yes? And I, I would say the same concept within Costco doing the hot dog. You know, yeah. um, Costco does the hot dog for what, a buck 50, I think, and, um, and a drink. And it's, it's the same thought process. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to a Costco, believe it or not. I hear good. Oh, really? I've never been there. Yeah. I've been to Rural King, but I've never been to Costco. That's good. Um, So talk to us about challenges, man. Uh, You know, the circuit of success, hence this podcast, right? We, we talk about success all the time, but part of, in my opinion, part of success is also failure and then learning from that failure. And, you know, if if you can, do you have any, any stories you can share on a failure that you may have had that was like a, you know, kind of an aha. Wow. Like looking back, it's one of the better moments of my life. Oh man, I have too many. <laughs> That's another. I'll podcast. have to work hard here to try to try to get some. But you're right. Um, without failure, um, you know, you you cannot grow. I look at it as lifting. I, I I do like to lift, but you know, as long as I can look at failure as being like when you're lifting weights and you lift to failure, that means your your muscles are growing. Yeah. Um, and look at it as a positive. I can sometimes look as my failures too much and I can probably dwell on them if I think about them, but um, they have been critical for my growth as an individual. But um, I would say early on, one of the things was not valuing my people enough. I would say looking at the culture and the, um, the young leader coming in and seeing all these people have been there for 15, 20 years, I didn't value and appreciate them as much as I should have, um, respecting them, whatnot. I got an opportunity down the road to do that. Luckily, I wasn't, you know, just didn't get rid of everybody. Uh, man, that culture is so important for an organization and a company like, yeah. um, you know, I'm not saying everybody's going to always make it. Um, you know, their changes, you know, the world's always changing and, and you have to change with the world. You have to change with the times. Um, um, 
I like to interrupt if you don't, I, I like to interrupt when you're on these thoughts, because I think that one, I appreciate the transparency and vulnerability to say, I didn't appreciate my people enough. And I, I think we have moments in our lives where we can do that. What, what was that moment for you? Was there an aha moment that said a kind of a slap across the face of, Hey dude, pay attention. Or was it just, I mean, just kind of like a thought process and it happened. Like, how did you realize that? I think it was just over time. Yeah. Probably when one or two of them were gone and could think about, wow, that was them that did that. Not me. Mm. You know, I, I think that's when it's all of a sudden, um, just pulls down your pride or your arrogance and, and can just say, Hey, you know, those people's what made things go. And, um, I think that's probably one of the biggest ones that if I could go back and, and, and say, man, what could I do to change that? That, that would be a big one because, yeah. um, there were some significant people in, 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 in the development of, of where we are today. And, um, just being able to, um, I've gotten a chance to appreciate them, but you, you know, it ain't never going to be the same, you know, once, once they're, they're out and gone, uh, the coming back phone call made me make me feel good. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I had to say it for myself to them, but, uh, yeah, I mean as much, but that's good awareness. And it's definitely true for your culture. And so what, what have you learned most in these last call it, I guess, since 2011 being the, the guy, right. Being the CEO. So now coming up on 11 years, What's been that biggest learning for you for culture? You know, not forgetting um, what made, what was the reason why we were even made um, and making sure our people know um, that we're there to serve our customers, um, uh, you know, and keep reminding them and bringing in some of the retired folks and interviewing them. I was just talking to you mm -hmm. who, but before we started about, you know, you're set up there in your office and um, just reminding them um, uh, of why we were even established. And it was to serve the real customer and to serve people. And um, every time we can put what we're about to go do and, and ask, are we serving with this, what we're about to go do? Is that serving? We can say yes, then let's go. But if we can't say yes, then we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I just read a book recently and it said, if it's a, if it's a yes, it better be a hell yes. And if it's a no, it better be a hell no. And I can't remember which book that was, but you're right, man. As leaders, you know, and you what do you got? Six kids, right? We got six. Yeah, yeah. Six kids. I got four kids. So, I mean, you're pulled in a lot of directions personally and professionally. Yeah. And I think for me, I look at it, it's called F to the fifth power and it's my faith, my family, my fitness, our fun and our firm, right? So those wow. five things, if I get something come across my desk or the text message or the phone call, I try to filter it through that, through that lens. Mm. Is it, does it mm. move the needle in my faith, my family, our, our firm, whatever it may be. And for me, that's been very helpful over my career to move the needle mm. on that. Do you, do you have something like a filter you can, you can look, look through? I mean, cause as a company, your size, man, you're getting pulled in a million different directions. You know, there's, um, I was part of C12. I had to, I had to, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, a, I don't, it's a, it's a C12 is a leadership Christian leadership group. Again, similar to CEO. I had to drop out. I had a lot of things going on within the business, but one thing I always loved doing was this monthly um, it, it's a, a balance wheel of life. And it had everything that you just stated. 
uh, I think the, the, the one, the one extra ad was, um, discipling others. Um, it was, was another, and then I, I think another one was small group or, um, uh, just, just how are you, um, within small group uh, yeah. effort, but this wheel, you, you would go around, right. And you would go in and out based off of, are you five? Are you a one? Are you a, a 10? And, and you go around, right. And the goal was, you know, nothing's ever completely perfectly balanced, but your goal was to make the wheel round and not like this. So it couldn't turn. Yeah. And I just, that's always in my head, that balance wheel, uh, within my faith, my family, um, my firm, and it is so easy to get going one way and you you just got to bring yourself back. If something doesn't feel right, there's a reason why it's not. Yeah. I do journal in the morning. Um, I like spending time after I work out and beating myself up. Uh, literally I have to get up and work out hard to, to just get, to just get right. And, um, and then I, I spend 30 minutes to an hour by myself journaling and, um, you know, just reading scripture or whatnot to try to just get my mind in the, in the right place that doesn't a consistent place that doesn't change because this changing world is just crazy. So it's crazy. So what time are you doing that? Or what time are you getting up to work out? I get, I get up usually between three forty-five and four fifteen. Um, yeah. And then I, <laughs> I work out. Um, I do have a trainer that comes twice a week just to keep me. Yeah. It keeps me going. And, um, and then, um, yeah, I, I try to catch up sleep on the, on the weekends and, um, you know what time might, you go into bed during the week? I'm trying to go to bed at eight to eight 30 with the kids, but, um, it seems that, uh, <laughs> getting older, uh, they have events and whatnot. So that's been a little tougher. So, yeah. Yeah. Before you know it, they're getting their driver's license, man. You're going to be wanting to go to bed. My 16 year old, you know, I'm wanting to go to bed before he even gets home. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is changing a lot of my style here. Oh man. I don't, I don't want to think it. I'm going to have three years. I'm going to have one driving. Yeah. So I think that's the thing that, 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 that keeps me balanced. And then my advisors, I, I call them counselors. I, yeah. Counselors. Yeah. How many people do I talk to? Um, three or four every week. And these are people that probably, uh, you pay for that. Yes. And uh, so, and I say that not just to gloss over that. I think no. it's important, right? Because no. here yeah. you are this great business that you're running. People are probably turning to you for advice, but yet I always compare it to like a Michael Phelps in swimming or a, or a tiger oh. woods or a Michael Jordan. They always yep. have coaches, right? But yet yeah. how do we as business owners not have coaches? I've worked with coaches yep. for years and it's, it's some of the best investment I've ever made. A lot of people are scared to do it. Now, I, you know what? I was too. I, even three years ago, I remember introducing um, one of my advisors to some of my family members. And it was like, I, I was like, you know, advisor, you know, and then now I'm just like advisor. Absolutely. That is the smartest thing I've ever done for my marriage, my life, um, our, our associates, um, our customers. And, um, some of it might not be showing now, but the foundation's being set. And without them, I have one that doesn't know anything about retail, but knows a lot about business and knows a lot about relationships and family hmm. uh, and culture. Just how do you, you keep a, uh, 
a culture together. Um, and he's awesome. He, 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 and he doesn't get emotional when he sees problems within the stores. Yeah. A gentleman that's been in retail for a long time. And now he, he's different. He'll get emotional on when he sees problems. He's, he's, he's just as real as I am, <laughs> but he's been great uh, too. And uh, one of them that free is free is my dad. And yeah. I tell you, he's, he's great because he is the one person that knows what it's like to be in my shoes. Maybe not in the concept of how, on the context, of how big we are today, but still everything that man says, he told me one of these days, I was going to realize that he wasn't so dumb. <laughs> Took a while, but now you, you realize it, huh? Let me tell you, I, when I go back and think about that, I remind him all the time now, Hey, that time has came and, and is going and I'm, I'm realizing it every single day and just want to tell you how much I appreciate, you know, the things that, you know, especially as being the, the main, you know, Megan and I being the main sole owner now, I, I respect that man um, way more and, 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 you know, just being able to have the authority now within the business it is a different responsibility than I used to have. It's a game changer, man. I mean, it's when you have skin in the game, you can be promoted as the the CEO or the whatever yeah. you want to call it all day long, man. But there's no skin in the game, or there's no. Uh, well, I keep saying it, skin in the game. It, it's a different deal. And I remember as a young leader, uh, this former leader telling me to step into this, it's going to be X amount of dollars a year to run this office. And I said, No, you don't understand. Man. I don't need all that. I was scared, right? I didn't need all that. I'll, I'll be the same. And he said, No, you won't. He said, Until you put your name on the line and you have skin in the game you will think differently the day it happens. And my, I mean, the day it happened, I thought differently. It was incredible, incredible. So, but you got bet on yourself, right? Yeah. And, and I, I've, I've been going through transitions since, you know, we were small and I, I probably had seven, eight, I've just gone through a new transition now, which is tough, you know, trying to just growth, growth, growth for, for myself individual to, to grow. And, um, there was something different from being a shareholder to then the, you know, it, you know, there, there, there is nobody else to look towards. There is nobody else to blame. There is nobody else to, you know, you're it. And and that totally different um, experience in the last two years that, that I, I wasn't expecting it to be different. I, I was, you know, but it is my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And I asked this question because we have it with, uh, you know, the eight offices we have not all here. I went from being in a company to where I could walk and go get water and see everybody in, in the whole company to now I can go, you know, months without seeing somebody. H- how do you handle that to where you got to put your pulse on, on some things? It's been a transition, especially within working from home. I'm having to really um, check myself and and change, make sure I'm changing with the world. And and what exactly are they wanting? And what yeah. us? And um, that's been tough. Um, you know, I have to be in the office. I yeah. have to be people, and um, the world's changing, and 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 I have to continue to change with it within within us. Um, but. And Brett, that is, that's been very, very, very challenging. I'm going through it right now, um, working with the leadership team to put in place 
what what roles need to be here all the time that are really development touch points you have to have person to person contact and then what are those mids that can work from home some days and 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 don't and have to be in the office and then what are those roles that can just be home that we can have metrics to um and and, and trust that it, you know the work's being done so yeah. i think it's, it, it's a model that hasn't been really that we don't have dialed in yet well, I think it's what we're all learning from the pandemic. I was a person before that, that I thought no way can somebody be efficient at home. No way can they get the job done. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, we, we thrived from a, uh, a business standpoint in 2020, obviously lots of bad things happened. I'm not saying that with pandemic, but I'm saying as a company, I learned a lot as a leader of what people were capable of outside of the office, which was huge for me. So anything from that, anything from the pandemic you learned that was a big aha? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm being humbled right now a little bit because you stated that I, I need to, I had in my notes to reach out to some peers um, in this business to see what they're doing. Cause I've heard some, some of them doing something different and, you know, within three to four weeks, we were back in the office. Um, you know, we had, um, you know, we had the space because we moved the store here. We had the space to spread out. We had yeah. 8,000 square feet to just go from 30,000 to 80,000 to spread people out and, and make sure that they were safe um, with masks and doorknobs, cleaning every hour and, and whatnot. So um, we were basically back in the office. So we didn't have a lot of experience, you know, in change within that, Brett. So um, I'm going to have to start doing some research. <laughs> Yeah. But it's, I think it's good. It's good awareness. Right. So yep. um, one of the questions I always ask Alex is it's around fear and how many of the fears that you've put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be. Never. Yeah. I, I, I got a lot of things on fear. False evidence appearing real. I, I it is the, Oh, I tell you, it keeps me up at night, uh, tax me. Um, it's not. And I tell you, the thing about fear is every single time that I've been able to calm that fear and say, okay, a fear is a result of, of thinking it's, it's going, you know, if I keep having fear, it will happen. It will, my mind will make it happen. Mm -hmm. As soon as I can attack and figure out what the fear is, um, journal it, write it down, a plan together to fix it and go after. Um, ah, couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My, my lunch right before this was with a friend of mine, Eddie Emanuele and Eddie is a pilot for Delta. Okay. So he's, he's flying the big birds right all over the, the world, really. So I haven't flown since the summer of 2014. Wow. How crazy is that? Right. So wow. bad, bad flight. Haven't flown. I ask this question all the time about how your fears never blow up, right? Everybody does what you did, right? They pause, kind of let it sink in a little bit. And they usually most of the time say never because we, as humans, we put these things up here in this little eight inch area, right? And then we sit there and lay in bed at night or we get up in the morning, whatever we're doing, riding, riding down the road, you, you blow this thing up and it never happens. And so for me, here I am on this podcast every week, I got to face my fear and do it. And so I'm going in June. I'm going to fly. It's the eighth anniversary that month. I'm going with some friends. We're going to Tahoe. So I took Eddie to lunch today. I said, tell me everything about an airplane. 
And it was a phenomenal hour and a half lunch. And, you know, I walk out of there feeling a lot better to your point of, we got to put a plan together. Okay. You know, a pilot let's go, let's learn what happens if the engine fails. What happens if the engine blows up? Right. I mean, all these things that again, not logical, but in my mind, that's what happens. And so I've got to learn. And so one of the circuits on the circuit of success is action. And that's what I'm hearing you say, which is exactly what we talk about is if I have this fear, Go to your journals, do whatever you got to do, write it down, yep. build a plan. Now go kick ass and make it happen. That's right. That's exactly right. Just get it down and go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So talk to us about the future of retail, man. You guys are a massive part of that. You know, the names that we won't mention, but big, big names out there that you guys compete with that we all know. But what are you seeing is going to be different for the normal folks like us, maybe in three years, five years? You see anything out there? You know, um, First off, I think, you know, making sure the customer is always taken care of, they're still going to love value. I, yeah. I think that that falls and, and for some people values, you know, you know, different all the way around. They're, they're still going to want value. Um, you know, we thrive in, in time periods of, of, of struggle. Um, World King's always done better in a, in a recessionary time period more than the great times. Um, so, so always for us, focusing on that, that value is going to be important. I, I, uh, convenience for the customer, that doesn't necessarily mean what everybody else is doing for our customer. Yeah. I think there's a hybrid, um, this omni-channel piece where you're shopping from home, you're shopping in store. Um, there is a big deal to it. And I bring it back towards back in 1970, 1980, when, when we used to take care of a customer, they would call on the phone, they would write a list. Of, you know, we write a list down of things that the customer would want. We'd go pick it, have it at the front door, ready for them and get it out. That's Bopus. Mm. That's Bopus. That, that, that's Bopus. It's a great tool for the customer to save time if they're in a hurry. And if they need something else, why they're, why they forgot the list, they're going to go in the store and they're going to grab it. And I think we have to do that extremely well. Um, I, I think just continuing to pick up items um, that the customer's looking for that we can utilize our existing supply chain, no different than what Home Depot, Lowe's and all, everybody's already done, but do it within our context of our business, yeah. not theirs. So within the farm and home store business, what are customers wanting that they can't get anywhere else in that 30 mile radius? They're having shipped to their home. It's costing them $150, $200 in shipping. We can deliver within our trucks of our existing supply chain, have it go through our DCs and show up at the store um, and cut that freight cost out completely. So you're there to buy your feed and your pet food, your consumable, usable, edible items. And oh, by the way, I'm going to pick up that one item uh, that was a big, bulky or special order item um, that we can grab. And we got a long way to go when it comes to um, e-com and, and where we're at. Only about 3% of our sales is online. Um, wow. and, you know, a big portion of that is, um, is believe it or not, is guns and um, ammo because we ship guns to our stores. We have a different selection of products sitting in our warehouses. Okay. Um, they show up at the store level. So I, I think that's where, you know, where retail is, um, you know, we watch, we watch all the time. We're just trying to 
keep up. And I, I think one big thing is for us is staying different and unique. Yeah, know? I agree with that. These Plus relationship, moment, right? Relationship yeah, these, driven. It is. These small mom and pops, we watch closely the one and two store operator. Um, the one and two store operator so close to the customer. They, yeah. they just have to go like this. The customer says, hey, can you bring this in? Hey, go buy that, you know, and then they go buy it. You know, in our business, we have five levels, six, six different layers of people to get through to, to add a product or an item. So the mom and pops, man, they, they always got those next new items. So we want yeah. that close. I like it. So our, I loved your mission statement earlier that you mentioned. Our mission statement is to help people achieve a future greater than their past. Okay. And so when I say that, I don't mean that you had a bad past. I just think that no matter how great your past was, you still want a better future, right? For you, your, your family, your customers, your employees. When you hear me say a future greater than your past, what comes to mind for you? Consistency. Um, trust, um, I think just, I'm thinking healthy culture, just that trust, that, um, consistency, um, just, a, just a great community of people working together for the right purpose and, and, and to, to serve. That, that purpose is to just to serve our people and our customers. I think that transcends. I mean, to what, I mean, whether you're a, a home and farm store or a wealth management firm, right? I yes. mean, the, consistency, trust, healthy culture. That's what we want, right? That's what everybody wants. So I, I, I couldn't agree more. So um, talk to me about this church week, man. I was fascinated uh, about this, but it's yeah. something you guys do as a company. Tell our listeners about it and uh, and what it really stands for and why you do it. Yeah. So um, this was actually developed. Uh, my dad saw this a long time ago and we did it for a time period. And then I actually stopped it in 2010 for some crazy reason. Then um, we did 5% off of your total purchases back then that we would give back to local Christian organizations. And during the pandemic in 2020, I was in my journaling and it hit me like a rock through the spirit that said, you know, you need to bring back this church week and make it 10%. And so that's what we did. And I think that the, the heart of it at the time was just churches and, and just being close to some of the Christian organizations. They're, they're, that the giving was just so much less. And so we just were trying to encourage the spirit of giving and generosity um, and doing our part in that. And so what it is, if you're out of our 135 stores, if you're at one store um, or one community, we sent it out to, I think it was, gosh, I don't know how many thousands of churches we sent this information out to the, about church week to their, to the churches they set up an account on our, our website so then their congregation can, can click on and turn their receipt in for that two-week time period that we, we run two-week promotional time periods for flyers, for advertising. And for that two-week time period, anything that was purchased, we give 10% back to that Christian organization. Um, and so... 
you know, this thing has just been big customers get involved. We had one community. I actually just did a video yesterday. So I know this, we had one community, one store that last time we've done this, I think four or five times now since 2020, we do it twice a year, once during Easter. And then once really close to Christmas, um, one community did 45, got $45,000 just in that. Um, and, and that's been a big deal. So people will ask us, when's the next church week before they buy the tractor or the lawnmower? And we're welcome to tell them. I mean, we, we, um, we actually have a goal to hit a higher number every time on the giving. So um, it, it just, and, and talking to Megan about it the other night, my wife, you know, just also being able to partner with those churches and those pastors um, that are already doing so much in our communities. Um, you know, they're, they're serving those people in that community. And it just goes right back to our purpose. It, 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 it just goes right into helping those rural folks. And, um, you know, we just, and getting our associates to be part of that as well. So, yeah, well, it's, it's amazing work that you guys are doing with that. I mean, I know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars are going back to those organizations, which yes. is a big deal. So hats off to you for that. And, but I also, you know, when I go back, you know, we have a charity, my wife and I, we founded in 2007 for cancer. And, yeah. you know, I know you, you've done a lot of work as a company for the, you know, for, uh, I was going to say Siteman, that's down here in St. Louis, but for Sarah Bush Lincoln. Yes. You know, out there in Mattoon, Charleston. And it's, yeah. I, I, for me, I, th- I bring that up because I think community is a big deal. It's one of the values of our organization is we, we yeah. believe when you take a living from a community, you must give back to that community. Yes. And I think that you guys are doing that at, at you know, the highest level possible. So uh, again, I mean, congrats, hats off, man. It's amazing. And I hope other people listening to this start to really think about that and implement that if they're not already into their companies, because I, back to that $2 million in popcorn, you're probably making $2 million. You just can't quantify that the popcorn's the reason you're making it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, love that. So one of the last questions I have for you, Alex, is, is if you could go back, now it's 2022, go back to the 2011, Alex. Okay, and you, you kind of knock that kid in the back of the head and give him some advice. What, what's that advice? What's that look like? One word, listen. Mm. Just listen. Just slow down and listen. Yeah, I love that. I think that's that's probably, I mean, a lot of the things that I'm seeing today was just from not listening, you know. One of the things that, you know, I could think of 15, 20 things my dad told me. He warned me. <laughs> I would have listened. So, Do you think back then you were more, I want to tell you what I know, and I'm yeah, the man? Yeah, I, I had it all figured out. Yeah. Amazing but, in what we do, isn't it, as guys? We, it, we got it, it all is. I, you know, but, you know, four years ago, I had a, I had a change. And um, now accountability, I want it more than anything. Yeah. Is, um, they, I say I want it. They're, trust me, there's days I don't. But um, accountability and um, uh, I would say correction. Um listening to it and listening in a different way, I guess I say, listen, you don't want to listen to everything yet. You, you, you hear obviously and take it in, but you can listen well to, to know what direction you need. Yeah. And you, you talked about that. Um, you told me a story one time about you visited. I won't say it in case you don't want to talk about this, but no, I'm I can't, in the no. spot while we're recording, but yeah. you took a visit to another company. Yeah. Hobby Lobby. Uh, 
Yeah, Hobby Lobby. Okay, I didn't want to say it if that wasn't going to be okay. So no, Hobby Lobby, right? There's one here by us. It's closed on Sundays. Yeah. And here you were, you're getting, you know, knocked on the door, asked, hey, can I go? Can you go with us and go visit Hobby Lobby? And I'm, I'm, I'm telling this part of the story of what I'm thinking you probably heard was, yeah, heck, here's a super successful company. Yep. I'm going to go learn something. Yep. I'm going to bring it all back. I'm going to take all the ideas and we're just going to yep. blow up Rule King even more than we really were. Okay. That, that was me. That was you. What happened? Uh, I saw a man by the name of David Green, unbelievable uh, man, um, sitting at a big table with 25, 30 of us. And founder of Hobby Lobby. Founder of Hobby Lobby. Um, and he says, we made 5 billion in sales or had 5 billion in sales last year. We made 750 million. We put 15% to the bottom line. And um, he said, we gave half of it away gave half of our profits away and we give all the glory to God. And I give all the glory to who? And then it hit me where I was at. And I was like, I think probably the only one that, um, I'm not saying I wasn't a believer. I just, I didn't slow down enough to listen and understand, um, who was really in charge. Hmm. Um, and, and, and so that two day time period was amazing. I got to spend two days with them and, um, I got a chance to see Bible artifacts that were thousands of years old that this, this, this gentleman's put into his company and his office. Um, and uh, I was able to touch those. Well, actually, I couldn't touch them. Everybody had gloves on, but I could see them. I could, I could see them. And then, you know, brought me home scripture and different notes. I still have it sitting on my desk from four years ago. Generosity Gathering Handbook. And it has some verses and, and other things in it. And um, I was sitting in my office, March 10th, 2018, at 2 p.m. That was a Saturday, like a typical Saturday for me. I don't do those as much anymore, but um, especially with my family. And um, I was reading a verse. I sent it to my mom for some reason. She sent me back. What's the next verse that said, do not be anxious? Luke 12, verse 16. Hmm. In my office, it hit me like a brick. Um, that he was real and um, the spirit overcame me. And it was a feeling like this world could never even touch. And so then I'm going on my faith journey, not like I got it all figured out, still got challenges. Um, but um, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride, still lots of ups and downs, but uh, much better than it used to be. Let, let me tell you that. I'm one. I appreciate you sharing again, the transparency and vulnerability. There is another common theme that I experience with great people like yourself, but here's another question too. I think to, to put you on the spot a little bit is I think it's easy for the people riding around town to see Alex and say, well, it's easy to say that now with 140 something stores, how many billions of sales, right? They, they look at it that way, right? They haven't seen the journey and pardon my French, but the ass kicking that you got to take as a business owner as well, the, the ups and downs, the emotional entrepreneurial roller coaster. And I think that as the more you become more and more successful, they don't see the grind early on, right? I think it's Chip Wilson, who was on this podcast. He was a founder of Lululemon, one of the biggest athletic apparel clothes, you know, in the world. And he was one week away from bankruptcy, you know, and I say this because it's public knowledge. You can Google it. He's worth seven and a half billion dollars now, but he was one week away from bankruptcy. 
until a sale happened to allow him to hit mm. payroll, to allow him to keep Man. going. Right. And I think, again, I'm just telling these stories because I think as I do it, right. I put chip on this pedestal, but man, I didn't see the grind. Right. Would you, would you agree with that? That there's still challenges, right. No matter how big you get and how strong, whether it's financially or in your faith or in your business, whatever it may be, there's still challenges every single day that you got to face. Always. I, and, and now, uh, being a Christian, the accountability is higher. Um, (laughs) than it's ever been. Um, to, to know that stewarding money is critical and that it's not truly yours. You've been given the opportunity to manage it and to handle it. Yeah. But, um, you know, you're accountable to what you're doing and how, what you're doing to people's lives within it. And um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a level of accountability that is real and, uh, but at the same time, um, I couldn't make it in, in doing what I'm doing today. There is no way I could make it without my faith. Yeah. No way. And I still struggle sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so get you that know, little I'm, thing, I'm on my those false the, evidences. Yes. Those fears. I'm on my knees in the middle of the night sometimes just depends yeah. on the situation that I need to give up. So, uh, have you ever meditated? Uh, it's, would, it's it feels weak as guys to talk about it, right? Sometimes. I, no, well, no, no, it's not that. I feel like maybe that's some of the stuff I do in the morning when I sit. Yeah. Home, but tell me more, or or tell, tell yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it is a, a, a habit. I mean, it's a it's an every night habit, dang near, of just slowing down. I find I probably need it in the morning as well, but more at night to kind of slow that, turn that brain off. You know, get my mind in more of a. Uh, a chill mode, if you will, versus just wanting to constantly grind. I, I, you know, with all the kids activities, I get like a second burst of energy after the kids go to bed. And it's, for me, it's, it's hard to turn it off. I, I get mm-hmm. very creative at that time. And, uh, but you know, for sleep, you know, and all the habits and the things that you want to do the next day, you gotta be in a spot to slow down so you can speed up. And for me, I mean, I've got a little breathing apparatus. We can talk offline about oh, it. Oh, man, I'd love uh, to hear about that. It's, I have uh, it's a game changer for me. And I had a, a, <laughs> an Olympic athlete on here just a few weeks ago. And I, you know, what are the things that are going to make you an Olympic athlete? And you know what she said? The two things that turned into one of the, I think she was literally voted the greatest athlete in the world for females. Um, gratitude list and uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, here I'm looking for like the magic sauce, right? Gratitude, meditation. So we'll talk more about it. I, uh, I've taken a lot of your time. It's it's uh, no, been awesome I, having you on you. here, Alex. This is uh, this has been amazing. So we'll send our listeners to Rule King. I don't think you're not a big social media guy, right? So a lot of guys come on here. And- uh, LinkedIn, I, I I probably should be, but I, okay. I'm LinkedIn at least. All right, man. Well, we'll send people there, but really appreciate your time, Alex. Tons of takeaways for me and I know for our listeners as well. So it's been awesome having you on the Circuit of Success. Thanks, Brad. Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com.
This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 